0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul,
1: and I'm Eric.
0: That's right, and we're back here with part three out of four of our uh, Avengers series that we're doing here. We're going through all of, uh, well, not all of. I said that I say that every week for some nah. reason. We're going through a big chunk of uh, Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run. Uh, this week, we're going to be starting the first event in that run, which is called Infinity, which is uh, takes place in Avengers, New Avengers, and the actual. Uh, event book, Infinity. Yeah. Um, it's basically going to be the Avengers off fighting in like a galactic war while uh, some other heroes try to defend Earth from fucking Thanos who invades with his own army for his own reasons. Yep. Uh, with good timing. So it, it's a really, really good event if you just like like big scale just Avengers kind of just like shit going down. Yeah. That'll make it a good pairing for the movie we decided to watch for this week as well which will be Infinity War going in order from what we've been doing. Yep. Because um, yeah, on the podcast we always review one book and then one related adaptation. I would say this week it's actually Actually, more related than uh, than normal.
1: Yes, yeah, I, I was gonna say because you said that like Infinity Wars is heavily based off of Hickman's run.
0: Yeah, or at least this event. Like this event, they definitely took a lot of things from this event and like ins- put it into the movie. Like I can nope. tell. Like we won't spoil too much, but like this battle of Wakanda that we'll talk about later. That that just reminded me of it initially. Like yeah, yeah. even like cor- uh, I can- Forget all the, bla- uh, what's his name? Black Dwarf. Yep. Uh, lands like, and, uh, Black Panther, like, does battle with them. I'm like, oh, okay, this seems familiar. Yep.
2: Yeah, Yeah, um, no,
0: definitely. So, yes, yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. The, um, we'll get into that in a minute here. I wanted to talk real briefly about, uh, The thing we'll be doing after Avengers, which is WandaVision, Uh, we're going to be reading uh, Engelhart's Wanda, or sorry, uh, Engelhart's Vision and the Scarlet Witch book, uh, that mini that ran back in the uh, '90s, I believe, or maybe late '80s. Okay. Um, And then we're going to be talking about WandaVision as that show is. uh, I think by then we'll be a little bit closer to the end of it. Um, Did you get a chance to watch the first two episodes yet? No, I still haven't. Okay, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it's a little bit. slower pace than i was hoping not not in terms of information they're giving us but i just i worry that there's eight episodes and i'm like come on they only have eight episodes and they're only a half hour
1: because like and is it a lot more of like the stuff that isn't the like the linear mystery is it just like kind of a medley of different stories or is it no
0: it's one singular story but it's very clearly like a spoof sitcom um so yeah it's like a lot of vision just like goofing off and then um like be like, okay i get it it's a sitcom but then it's like we gotta we gotta do some stuff here yeah totally um but yeah so i I, again we're only two episodes in this is why we don't talk about the episodes right away because i like to get more of a big picture on what they're doing with that before i start going like this plot doesn't make sense yeah (laughs) it's like yeah you're two episodes in. it's not (laughs) supposed to make sense yet yeah for sure Um, so that's why we always uh try at least with the tv shows try to review it at the end like Mm -hmm. we did that for Watchmen as well and thank god we did we would have been shooting and doom patrol yeah yeah both of those we would have just been shooting in the dark like yep. doing it like in the beginning so <laughs> yeah uh, for so sure. check back in a couple weeks we'll be starting our coverage on that show uh even though everyone's talking about it now so get reading ahead we're doing Englehart's uh, uh vision and the scarlet witch if you want to read ahead on that one
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but first what we're going to be doing that uh, this week and next week we're going to be starting the infinity event which we talked about and then next week we'll be finishing the infinity event that pretty much puts a smack dab in the middle of where hickman's run ends So, we'll be pausing it right there. We'll probably pick it up again at some point. Uh, Maybe we'll do like the, uh, oh, I'd love to do the Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon at some point. Oh, yeah. And pick this up again. because that would be a fun adaptation to go through. That's one of my favorite, like, just superhero, like, cartoons in
1: general. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it, but definitely not enough to, like, know enough about it. Oh, yeah, it's great. We've got a lot of
0: book to get through here today, so we'll go ahead and get that started. Uh, We're going to be basically doing Avengers 16 and 17 as well, because we forgot to talk about that last week. It's basically the prelude to the event. Um, there's not too much to talk about but there's a couple important things that do happen. Um like the Avengers like they we left it off with them winning that big battle in Perth. Yeah. And then we were like, yeah, and then they they have this badass moment and nothing bad happens. <laughs> Join us next week. Yep. But then like immediately after this happens, like this giant like robot with this red mask comes down and just smashes all of them mm-hmm. and they get captured by AIM. And AIM like puts the robot into that like multiverse uh like Reed Richards thing and like shoots it off into the nothing between universes.
1: Yeah, basically like keeps him in suspended animation in between universes. Right. It's a pretty decent like prison mm-hmm. or like way to restrain someone.
0: Yeah. And it's cool cuz Manifold kind of gets his moment too because he like, he's the only Avenger who didn't get taken down and like single-handedly saves the team. It's a pretty cool moment. Yeah. Cuz like when he's using his powers like He's got a lot of options. He just drops people off in Antarctica. He's like, "Bye." <laughs> yeah, for real though. Um, but the setup of this event's all going to be when uh, Captain Universe takes Manifold to this kind of like other planet where they see that it's basically it looks a, kind of like Earth, or more like a cyberpunky Earth. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when they're there, they actually see that this planet has like their own Avengers. It's like the robot Avengers, basically. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of like, and the citizens all talk about them like they've never lost a battle. They've always saved our lives. Nothing yeah. will end us today. Yeah. And they're then that's when the builders show up with their like armada we've seen a little bit of the builders they've been kind of building that up no pun intended in the background yeah. <laughs> um and uh, captain universe is just like no there's nothing we can do here there's no putting a stop to this we just need to see and she her goal is just to show manifold like look these can't be stopped and they just plow through these like robotic avengers yeah and uh and take the planet
1: yeah it's super sad because like uh they run into a couple of the citizens running for their lives and they're like no like everything will be fine like our guardians will like defeat the enemy like yeah. they'll save us and then they just get absolutely bodied by the builders it's like well yeah
0: but it's also like as far as writing it's a cool little universe building moment where it's like this place like even though we only spend like two pages there feels lived in it feels like this place existed and had its own history yeah
1: and these like uh kind of transformer things almost are really cool because it's they describe it as they were humans and basically like sacrificed their bodies and like kind of, like, integrated themselves with the AI of right. these, like, giant robot guardians. So, yeah, it's got, yeah. like, Pacific
0: Rim vibes, kind of. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's even kind of similar to, like, the origin of, like, Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that warning that uh, gives them, like, enough foresight where all the Avengers are like, okay, there's, like, an armada of these builders coming, and they're basically gods. Like, what do we do? Yeah. And they all have this meeting, and they're like, well, we need to get bigger. And <laughs> I think Sunspot has a, a good comment here. He's like, uh, bigger? Like, this is the biggest Avengers team there's ever been. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're already running out of showers like no 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 we need to get galactic <laughs> we're going to have to start buddying up yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh there's a cool moment too that i think was a good bit of foreshadowing where um they're trying to like locate where nightmask and um Starbrand? Starbrand went, because uh, they left the ship. And Tony mentions, like, oh, I have this tracker. It can track people even across different planes of existence. Like, we'll be able to find them. Mm-hmm. And Captain America's like, oh, wow, that's pretty impressive, Tony. Like, where'd you get that? He's like, oh, I just want to read Richards, actually. And then the only person who notices that is Bruce. He's mm-hmm. like, read Richards, but that doesn't make sense. And then the whole thing gets interrupted. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's a cool moment, because that's the technology they use for their hand beacons yep. in New Avengers. Because yep. in, in New Avengers, Tony invents those. He's like, it can track you across multiverses and in case we need each other like on, on the fly mm-hmm. and so the fact that he has that and like Bruce Banner's the only one who's like uh but then doesn't have time to bring it up I think it's a cool little easter egg between books I love when that happens yeah for sure uh, but they find him like on Mars and that's when they find um ex Nilo and Abyss who are still here and uh, Captain America is basically like you said you wanted to create you said you weren't like a monster right and ex Nilo's like of course not like that I came here to help mm-hmm. he's like all right well then prove it you're both Avengers now I'm like Yo, oh shit <laughs> right He's like, oh, I like it, ex Nilo, Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> and then Manifold teleports them off of Mars. Yep. Yeah, so that's what I mean, like, when I when I introduced them at the, or when we talked about them at the start of the podcast, I was like, I see, I, they don't really strike me as, like, characters I love at the beginning, but the mm-hmm. more and more this run goes on, like, they, they keep adding more and more depth. Oh, for Especially sure. once you see, like, the other, like, ex-Nylos. Yep. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Once yeah. you see ex Law, it's like, yeah, no, ex-Nylo. They're yeah, they're the hardcore. Yeah.
0: Uh, but then now that we're getting into the fide event, I'm going to go over the creative team again, because it does change a little bit here. Uh, on the main Avengers book, we have, uh, again, this is all written by Jonathan Hickman, but on the main Avengers book, the artist is uh, Linil Francis Yu. We have inks by uh, Jerry uh, Allen Gillian and colors by Sonny Goh, uh, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. On the main book, uh, Jerome Opeña actually comes back uh, to do the art on Infinity. Yep. Yeah, uh, totally. So that's probably why uh, they were taking a break doing the the run leading up to this because they were just getting a head start on Infinity oh so they, yeah that's probably why they had a guest artist before yeah that makes sense um, but I'm really glad we got Opeña back on the main Infinity book um, because yeah that, that's that's the one yeah, you really want um, yep because yeah they're, they're, uh, their Thanos is just really really great there's like a full page spread of like Corvus Glaive going to like different planets and getting tributes yep um, basically collecting like the heads of anyone from the age 16 to 23 in exchange for the life of your planet mm-hmm. um, which seems arbitrary at first but we'll learn more about it as the story goes on um, why Thanos is getting those tributes.
1: Yeah, I, I already k- think I kind of know. Is it to do with Lady Death or whatever? Well, no, it's, uh, remember he was
0: looking, well, we'll talk about it later, but okay. he's looking for his son. So that he doesn't too, know yeah. where his son is, but he's trying to just kill anyone where they could be and okay. just, like, wiped him out. Like, I know he's this age, so
1: anyone who's oh, this age, this age on your planet sense. dies, then okay. I know
0: I've, that planet's clear. Gotcha. It's basically just his fucking broad, broad stroke of a way to kill his son. Yeah, it's
1: his full measure. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's
0: like, well, this will do the job. Yeah. It's not precise, but it'll do it.
1: It's not the most moral way to do it. <laughs> yes, yeah, certainly not, but that's not his problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, killing your son's not too moral to begin with. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Oh, sorry, I misspoke when I said that Opeña was on... Um, Infinity, I meant New Avengers. He's back on New Avengers. Infinity, the yeah, artist yeah. we have, um, we have Jim Chung, uh, anchors, uh, Inks by Mark Morales. Uh, actually, a lot of guest inkers on this uh, John Livesay, David Menkis, uh, Colors by Justin Ponser. Um A lot of times these uh, event books have like a big creative team because they're just like going out so often. Like, yeah. a lot of times events will be like weekly too. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Letters by uh, Chris uh, Eliopoulos. And uh, oh, with Joe Quesada as well. So yeah, a lot, a big team working on this one. Um, but the three books all kind of focus on different stories. Infinity is kind of like a mix of a little bit of all of them, but mainly to do with like Thanos. Yeah. Um, it, uh, New Avengers is all about like uh, Thanos is coming to invade the Earth to, to, for the same thing to get that tribute, and he knows that the Avengers are about to leave to go on like a galactic mission. Yeah. And then Avengers is all about that galactic mission. Captain America and the big, the main squad of the Avengers going out into space and trying to stop the Builder Armada before it gets too far yep um because the whole plot of this event is bit be- to put it uh in broad strokes just so just so that way we can jump around talking about it because i mean there's no way we're going to talk about this in order properly no no definitely <laughs> it's more not. fun to just like kind of talk yeah, about yeah. the things that are happening that are more <laughs> interesting um but to set the whole stage basically the builders are starting to invade in galactic space like way out in galactic space like yep. over by the kree and like the Skrull. um and so the other uh, a lot of these like galactic empires who are like very very powerful are starting to get fucked up by these builders which you know, makes the Avengers very scared because as soon as they get to Earth, they're not going to stand a chance. No. Nope. So Captain America rightfully is like, no, we got to go out and help them on like the main front or else it's just going to snowball into a big problem. Yep. It's kind of cool, too, because they build like a galactic council with uh, with like a lot of really important characters from like the Marvel Cosmic Universe who I'll go over here. Um, like, uh, I mean, some, some of them we've already met, like Gladiator comes up a lot for the Shi'ar, um, he, like they've come up a lot. We talked about Gladiator back when we did Dark Phoenix as well. So, so we're a little bit more familiar with the, uh, with the Shi'ar, um, mm-hmm. at least as far as what we covered on the podcast. I, I, this is a character I've not talked about in person because they're so minor, but, uh, Jason, or it could be pronounced Jason of Sparta. Yeah. Um, they're from their own kind is of- it gl- Spartax. Uh, Spartax. Yeah, yeah, sorry. The city is called Sparta. I think. Okay. Um, but um, that's actually the father of Star Lord in the comics continuity. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. It, it's they didn't do the Mogo planet thing that the movie did. That that was a whole original idea. Gotcha. So, so this is Star Lord's father, although they don't really interact a lot.
2: Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, the, again, the head of a very powerful empire. Uh, we also have the Kree. Uh, very very. Well known, you know, created the Inhumans, created Captain Marvel, a lot of a lot of things.
1: Yeah, I liked Ronan a lot in this. It's oh, very Ronin's different great. than the Marvel, than the MCU Ronan, but he's cool in this. Oh yeah,
0: MCU Ronan is wasted. They just made him like a stereotypical bad guy. Whereas Ronan yeah. in the comics is a much more complicated character. Yeah, they
1: just made him a throwaway bad dude.
0: Yeah, in the comics, he's a very very like he walks the line between like a lot of times like the heroes team up with him because yep. he he will stand against those big threats, but he's also like Judge Dread. So it's like yeah, on totally. a smaller scale, he's a big problem. Yeah, it's way more three dimensional. Right, um, a couple other cool characters we have are uh, the Queen of the Brood. That's an X Men thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, th- a creation of uh, Chris Claremont. It was a big event in the X Men where they had to, you know, stop this invasion of the Brood from coming in. So since then, they've built up them as kind of like a Marvel kind of cosmic, usually threat. Okay. So the fact that they're teaming up with all these people here kind of just shows how big this threat of the Builders is. Yep. Um, and then we have Annihilus, who is actually a, a really fucking big deal, originally from the Fantastic Four. Um, most of these characters were built up in, like, kind of, there's, like, a whole thing called, like, the Marvel Cosmic Saga, which happened in, like, 2004, 2005, where it was just a series of, like, four events in a row, okay. all centered around, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy and, like, Nova and, like, a whole bunch of those cosmic characters, like Silver Surfer. Gotcha. Um, and it was all and it was all centered around Annihilus, this person from the fourth, like, basically the, uh, the fourth dimension just kind of zipping into our universe with his horde of bugs and just like invading everything and just okay. wiping out planets. Huh. Um, so that was where most of these kind of um, species kind of came together and like they all teamed up to stop uh, Annihilus. So the fact that he's on this council, like that's a huge force at their disposal, having Annihilus and like these creatures from the Negative Zone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but th- that's a thing that comes up more. Uh, Annihilus comes up a little bit in uh, Hickman's Fantastic Four as well. So, uh, but th- that's basically where we where we set that up because again, it's like a huge council, and like even Captain America and like the representatives from Earth are like small potatoes at this table. A lot of times they don't even listen to him.
1: Yeah, because that Jason or whatever, like he basically just thinks we're just like backwoods outsiders are yeah like, you get you earthlings don't know anything you're just a bunch of hillbillies with like backwoods tech yeah he says that a lot where he's like you you guys don't
0: i'm leaving you out of the conversation i'm gonna go uh plead to the builders for mercy yeah because yeah. he
1: even like tries to sell earth i was like no you could have Earth. like i don't yeah. give a shit about yeah, he's earth. such a bastard <laughs>
0: hey don't you have a son from earth fuck him eh, fuck him <laughs> Um, there's and I get, there's just a bunch of like really good scenes that like are usually only like three to four pages but just fit super well oh, that yeah. you could almost read with no context and just be like this is a great scene just from this great galactic war yeah like there's a really good scene with the scroll like to build this up where uh, they ask clerk when he comes in the super scroll when he comes in like do you represent all of the scroll and then it just shows this flashback of them like trying to fight this world off from the builders and one of the warlords just like stays behind with the planet and he's like no i'm gonna go out and try to redeem some of my lost honor like yeah. we don't even know the story it's just like you can tell like this character has a big history oh yeah and like the character like goes out like fighting for his planet as they like detonate it and like send a huge blow to the builder fleet
1: yeah basically like suicide bombs him with like the blast of a sun yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's really really cool yeah it's and then and then so they flash back like to clerk getting asked that and it's like
0: Do you represent all of the scroll? And he's like. All but one. I'm like, mm-hmm. damn! Like with three state, a uh, three page story like that just hits already. Right. So I just really like the pacing of this, where like it's really easy to make like a huge scale thing like this you eventually get just like bogged down and numb, and it just feels like the big shooty shoots going after the big shoots. Yep. Um, but that's how you that's how you do like a story like this. You gotta scale it back to like a couple little contained like emotional kind of segments. Yep. And like that's what really ge- and then the scale of it you get just from inferring what's happening like around you. Yep. Totally. Um, and I got to give a lot of credit to um, to the artist on Avengers, um, uh, Lanil Francis Yu, um, because they had to draw a lot of fucking spaceships. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, a ton. So I will give them credit for that. <laughs> um, out of the three artists, I don't know if this one's my favorite because I think it starts out really strong and then eventually gets weaker. Um, as it goes on Which I might just be Like you know Rushed event kind of thing Yeah Because when it started out I was like oh All three of these artists Are really killing it But then I think Avengers Dropped off a little bit Towards like the end
1: Yeah towards um, around 20 or so
0: I will give them credit Because I can tell X Nyla is the the peak of uh, evolution Because uh, they kept drawing them With like the dump truck ass <laughs> <laughs> Right though even I was like, like holy
1: shit Even in like the throwaway Like the end of a panel Like, like far away shot Like they always make sure To put that detail in <laughs> <laughs> I am the pinnacle of evolution just look at my butt (laughs) just absolutely colonel
0: (laughs) um but to touch on more of what's happening on earth like we mentioned the avengers all leave like they're all fighting with the kree and the skrull trying to like stop the invasion before it gets too far you know trying to make counter blows like like at some point they sneak onto the ship and like start firing builder ships at it which hurts it a lot yeah so they're making good headway but ultimately most of the time losing the battle um and infinity though thanos kind of realizes that the avengers are gone So he's using this opportunity to, like, take Earth, which he's tried to do before and knows it's not easy. Like, he probably respects it more than these other kind of galactic entities do. Yeah. Which actually is a point that they bring up to, uh, I think, to... I can't remember if they bring it up to the Kree or the Skrull or maybe even uh, uh, Spartax. But, like, when when they start talking down to Earth, someone brings up their win-loss versus Earth. Like, actually, Earth is undefeated every time they've done conflict with you. And they're like... Oh shit, they're right. (laughs) The plot keeps letting them win, so they're actually really good. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. So that's just a fun point to bring up. Like, well, actually, they, and they've defeated Galactus like eight times. Maybe we should respect them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but Thanos is at, uh, attacking Earth, like we mentioned, but he's got a very specific goal. He sends um, a lot of the Black Order. He sends a couple of them after the missing Time Stone because yep. he has one of them go and, like, sneak into Black Bolt's mind using, like, mind control powers and take – like, he knows about the, the Illuminati. Yeah. And what the Illuminati – he doesn't know the full scale of, like, the incursions yet, but he knows about the Infinity Stones and that they were smashed and the Time Stone vanish. Yep. So he sends a couple people after the Time Stone and then he sends the rest to go after key targets on Earth to uh, to try and, you know, we'll learn more about his plan but more to try and figure out where his son might be and just demand tribute, try yep. to do enough to, to get that headway. And he does that. He sends an emissary to uh, to the moon to the um, Inhumans' main base, and kind of just set, like sends Corvus Glaive, and he's like the same thing he said to the other planet: like I, I will make it. Like, let's have the tribute. They, anyone from sixteen to twenty-two, give me their heads, and I'll spare you know your whole city of Inhumans here yeah. and like save you from extinction. Mm-mm. And Black Bolt, you know, doesn't say anything. He just lets him walk away. And then we, you know, we keep cutting back several points to like Black Bolt and his brother too, building this like bomb, which now we're kind of maybe getting some idea of who he intends to use that on.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, his brother's hilarious in this. Maximus? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, even, like, knowing nothing about
0: Maximus the first time I read this, I was, I was like, I really enjoy this character. Oh, for sure. <laughs> He's just like a, like a more twisted, unpredictable Loki, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one one thing we should touch on, too, is, yeah, they send the... Um, this Invasion of Earth is really cool, the way they play this out. Because, again, there's too much going on to show everything, but we just see enough to understand what's happening. Uh, they send Corvus Glaive to uh, actually the uh, what's called now the Jean Grey School of Mutants, so they, yeah. he sends them after the X-Men. So I was like, oh, shit. Because a lot of times in these events, for some reason, people like forget about the X Men, even though they're like one a bunch of the most powerful like fucking superheroes.
1: I know because it's like that's a big portion of Marvel itself. So it's like whenever a big event happens, it's like, well, how can you not have the X Men involved? Yeah,
0: like there was a big era where like Marvel was just kind of trying to pretend that the X Men didn't exist because they didn't have the rights to the movies. No, oh, God. So unfortunately, it comes from that. Yeah, uh, but I, I like that they're acknowledged here because it also like knowing that uh, Hickman's going to come back to do the X Men. You know, it's kind of a little bit of a build up there as well. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, since Corvus Glaive after the X-Men where we just see him like stabbing uh Wolverine, which happens in uh, new Avengers. Uh the Corvus Glade goes after the X-Men and has to fight uh Gambit, Armor, um Iceman and Rachel Summers. Yep. Um and he actually like the first thing he does is like there's one Omega level mutant here and like points right at Iceman. Yeah. And like sends Iceman into a frenzy, just like disabling every X-Men that he can. Yeah. Um which is a really cool moment, because he, like, he, the way that he's able to just scan for like who the most powerful X-Men is, I thought was cool.
1: Yeah, because he even like, gets another opportunity to talk down to him. He's like, yeah, there's a few like uh, mutant-powered like people here, but there's only a couple like Omega power that we actually have to worry about. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then they ignore
0: uh, Rachel Summers, so maybe they need to work on that scanning technology.
1: Yeah, their scale could use a little tweak.
0: <laughs> yeah, because one of the ones they send down there is Supergiant, who is the one member who wasn't featured in the movie.
1: Yeah, which um, makes sense. It's kind of she, lame. she's a telepath,
0: <laughs> um, and they don't really have like, a counter telepath in the Avengers movies yet, so... Yeah, true. Um, that would have been more fun to play with then. Because then when she goes in here and controls Iceman, like, uh, there's a cool moment where Rachel Summers is like, Oh, you call yourself a telepath? Like, I'm, I'm the daughter of Jean Grey, bitch. Like, yeah, right. And then just sends her like, and like, completely like, wipes her mind out instead. I was like, Oh, that's a cool moment. Yeah, for sure. Because um, Ra- Rachel Summers is a really great character uh, that you can read about more in the X-Men. Um, But then you have to talk about where the other ones go. uh, Proxima Midnight goes to Atlantis, which is pretty much a sweep. Yeah, um, it got wiped out. Yeah, because then we talked about it last week. Black Panther sends –
1: or does it happen in this one? I think that was in the – Oh, it was at
0: the end of the last one, yeah. Yeah. Because Black Panther basically has a meeting with Namor, and Namor's like, all right, uh, your sister said she'd agree to peace. I didn't think she'd had had it in her. And then Black Panther's just like – you sure about that yeah did you check and then just holds <laughs> namor prisoner for long enough to let the attack happen which is just fucking twisted yeah uh and then so by the time get namor gets back like atlantis is just wiped out by uh by the wakandans yep and then that's when fucking proxima midnight shows up like they don't <laughs> yeah. even have time to regroup but just instantly like Thanos is here mm-hmm. so namor like uh, he's a person who does not give up easily so he even hit he's just like holding the body of his people he's like I I give up. I have nothing. Yeah. So he, he just has to submit to Proxima Midnight immediately.
1: Yeah, and that, so he ends up telling her she wants to know where the Time Stone is, and he's like, "Well, I mean, if you're going to attack wherever you think the Time Stone is, how about I tell him it's in Wakanda?" Yeah, that's really <laughs> clever on his part. He's like, right. "I I have nothing now except revenge." Yep. So he's like, "Oh, you want to attack someplace? I got the perfect place for you <laughs> to attack. This place has never been uh like taken over, like defeated. So that'd be a big chip on your shoulder." Yeah,
0: and that's actually the one I was going to talk about next because they send uh. Black Dwarf after um, Wakanda with a, like a force of their own. But Wakanda was actually battle ready because they were expecting an attack from Atlantis already. Yep. So they were like armed, defended, ready for war. They just weren't expecting this kind of war. But regardless, they were ready. So when Black Dwarf comes in with like his force from, uh, from Thanos, they just get annihilated by the Wakandans. Yeah. Like, they, they just run in and fucking give them the business. Uh, and there's a really good line where... Um, let me find this. This is in New Avengers. Yeah, there's a really good line when uh, when uh, Black Dwarf first comes down and he sees like um, like all the people around him and he's like, "Which one of you is the one I should fight? Like, I want like a worthy warrior to fight." And Black Panther just jumps down. And he's like, "I'm the one you're looking for. Like, I'm the Black Panther. Uh, I'm also the King of the Dead." So soon to be your lord. I was like, oh, shit. Like, right. That's a
1: fucking cool line. Just does him dirty.
0: Yep, because he is the, he's the king of the dead. He rules the necropolis. Like yep. He's responsible for all of the souls of the of the dead Wakandan. So he's mm-hmm. like, I'm the fucking king of the dead. So you're joining my kingdom, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking cool. Like I took a screenshot of that one just because I was like, damn. And then all you see is just the punch, and then you flip the page because that's all you need. You don't yeah, even need it, the fight at that point. Yeah, that whole page is just a great spread. Yep. And then Black Bolt, his plan during all of this is he's expecting Thanos to come back and just kind of like... Uh, Uh, You know be like where's the money you know Like I asked you for a tribute where is it uh, and when Thanos comes back, he walks in with the Black Order, and Black Bolt's just sitting there by himself. And Thanos is like, "What's the meaning of this? Like, there's no one on this on this ship. Like, where are your people? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I told you for a trip, I asked you for a tribute, like w- one small price to pay, or else everyone dies. Like, how what do you what do you say to that? And then Black Bolt just stands up, and for the first time in this book, screams.
1: Yep. And when he's and the the, the wanna... page on that is insane.
0: Yep. Oh, it's so good. I, and the lettering is is especially a big part of it too, because like. Yep. They don't even have a, a bubble because the bubble couldn't contain like the, this scream or just like <laughs> yeah. no in these giant letters. Yeah, as the whole fucking ship just explodes and even Thanos like puts his hands up because he's mm-hmm. like I can't fucking take this. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really cool to see like Black Bolt let loose like that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, and in New York, uh, basically Tony Stark and um, and Reed Richards are trying to hold down New York. We don't see too much of that battle because it's happening a lot in the other side books that are happening. Um, this, this event is way too big for us to cover every issue of what was happening because yeah. even outside of the Hickman stuff, pretty much every book that was going on at this point in some way t- tied into this event. Kind of how like would... X-Men is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, or like Hickman's X-Men is right now. Well,
0: this was even bigger because no matter who what book you were, you could have been like the Punisher book. It would have tied into this event somehow. Oh, okay. It would have been like, if I don't know if this happened or not, but it would have been like the Punisher going through the streets fighting Thanos. It's like, you know, goons. Gotcha. That's usually how it goes. Okay. Like if uh, there was a book going on right now written, by Al Ewing, that's that's really good that I recommend to people called The Mighty Avengers, which is like Luke Cage leading his own team of oh, like right, uh, right. of like uh, kind of like street level Avengers. Yep, and that's a really good book, and that has a, a couple tie-ins to this event as well. And we see like one panel of that where Reed Richards and Tony Stark are just trying to call the shots in the defense of New York, and we just see like Luke Cage just going to town. Yeah, that was uh, cool. Yep. So there's a little references to the books that are happening on the side, kind of just like existing in that universe. Uh, unfortunately for Doctor Strange, a lot he spends a lot of this time being my. Uh, mind-controlled by the ebony maw yeah he Uh, kind
1: of just gets like immediately bodied yeah psychically yeah because he's (laughs)
0: just in there focusing on his spells and then that's the perfect time for uh um the maw just fucking wraps up wong and restrains him which we see him just stuck to the wall
1: yeah yeah the maw kind of just gets a freebie on this one yeah
0: (laughs) and then because then dr strange goes back to his meeting with the illuminati like not even knowing that he's being mind-controlled and just gets all the most secret information that they could find because they're also trying to find thanos's son before thanos finds him yeah so basically thanos and the are able to use the Illuminati to find what they're looking for, which is unfortunate.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, 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 just a series of events that just line up perfectly for him.
0: Yep. Yeah, so it turns out that Thanos' son is living on Earth as a human, like not even knowing that he's uh, both an Inhuman and a son of a Titan. Yep. But that's more or less where we'll leave the the conflict on Earth. That A lot of that will get wrapped up um, as the event goes on. Um, this I feel like this event uh, starts out mostly dealing with the conflict in space. Yeah. Um, which we'll go back to now. Let me flip back here. Um, because we see a little bit about like what these like the builders are actually like especially their personalities are a lot uh, more human than we would probably have expected like uh, they yeah, have, they have sure. a lot more like emotion yep. Um, especially when they th- like because they're very like confident that they can't be beaten which is when they seem very robotic but as soon as they get a couple like punches to them they start to like have fear yeah and like, totally. you know like unpredictability like even uh, like because there's a really cool part where Captain America like finally like gets a word in at the table like with a war table and he's like no we need to surprise them like we need to like get the upper hand somehow yeah and No, that's a
1: really cool moment because I think it's one of the scroll that even called out because I think Jason, when Captain America keeps trying to speak up, he's like he's like pipe down, like dude, like you're an Earthling, like what could you possibly bring to the table for us? And then I think a scroll dude's like, well, like. Earth, the earthlings like they have won a shit ton of insane battles like they always have they usually have to come from the perspective of like being the underdog and right. we're usually the ones that are always like above like whoever is trying to like take over mm-hmm. so like we probably could use their help it's like a side compliment but still. yeah it's kind of like uh, they're used to losing <laughs> they're such losers they might help us they're
0: so ex- they're experienced losers we need them <laughs> And yeah, we find out a little bit about what their plan is too. Like, uh, Jason kind of tries to go to them and be like, okay, uh, you can have whatever you want. Like, what well, we give up, like, what you can't want to conquer the whole galaxy. There has to be some kind of terms or something you want. Yep. And they reveal for the first time, like, oh, we're after Earth. Like, we want Earth. Yeah. Like, we're on our way to That's there. That's the main one. Yeah. We're just going, we're just obliterating everything on a straight line to Earth. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, you can have that. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> yeah. You should have said so. <laughs> yeah. He's a real fucking bastard. Yeah. And the second he, do- he does that, like, the builders find them, too. Yeah. And they start obliterating refugees. So it's like, dude, that's all on you. Yeah, he like,
1: completely fucked up.
0: Yeah, because they have, like, this planet that they think is hidden where they're just trying to keep all the war refugees, refugees, people who are just, like, you know, stranded after all this fucking carnage that's going on. Yeah. And they have, like, some kind of a foothold. Like, they're starting to regroup, and then that's when that happens. So it's like, dude, come on.
1: Yeah, he had a big fuck up. Although, one, the one good thing to come out of that is that he does at least find out that Uh, they're the ones that are holding, like, Captain uh, Captain Marvel and the rest of them that got
0: lost. Yeah, exactly. So when they go to do that sneak attack, they're also able to free the other crew. Yep. Um, And that sneak attack is really what what gets the upper hand, because once they get control of those, like, builder, like, planet killers, they just start firing those on the other ships, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, they, like, sneak hack some of the, I think they're called, like, world killers or whatever, and they're just able to blast a lot of their, like, big ships. Yep.
0: Uh, So I think that's pretty much where we left things uh, at the end of the story. Um, We have – that that team has been rescued. It kind of seems like now they're on the upper hand and starting to make, like, a counter push. Yeah,
1: they got a big win, but it's not over by a long, like, stretch. Mm Mm-hmm. But they have learned
0: that, like, the builders will accept, like, surrender, which is, like, a big thing, too. Yeah, they Um, actually will retreat.
1: But, yeah, and then we kind of get some lines after, as the builders are retreating, that shows that, like, this is obviously one of the first, if not the first time they've, like, taken an L and they're not happy about it.
0: Yeah. So so that's the it's like the can they bleed question. So yep. as soon as you get that punch in, then you kind of know where you got to go after that. For sure. Um but yeah, I mean even that win though, like Nyla just like takes a planet and just like eradicates it. Just like basically puts like a plague on it like with these like plague bombs that they have. Yep. So like even they even at that point like it, they even describe it like this was our our greatest win and even that was fucking collateral damage. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, these these uh They have these, like, planet killers that they can just stick into something and just, like, pestilence the shit out of it. Yep. It's a really sad scene, too, where, like, Hyperion and Thor just, like, fly down and just try to save whoever they can. And it's, like, this mom just, like, hands her her kid to Thor. Like, you can't take all of us but take my kid, and Thor just grabs the kid and then flies off. He's like, I'll do it, you know, just saves the single kid. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. But that's where we'll pick up next time. We have uh, the Avengers on Earth looking for Thanos' His kid. Just found him. Unfortunately for Thanos, yeah, I'd be um, interested to
1: see. Because uh, I'm assuming that's not going to be someone that's like known. It's just going to be some random person. In uh, no,
0: but you played um, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, right? Do you remember Thane? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Yep, it's Thane. Ah, gotcha. Yep. So we'll, we'll find that out next
0: time. Okay. Um, that's that's the origin of that character. Gotcha. Uh, and then we'll also pick up with the Avengers kind of starting to uh, they're gonna, they have a clever ploy coming up in Avengers number four that I'm excited for you to read about that I'm, I'm almost I wanted to Infinity do it this four time or Avengers sorry Infinity number four okay um, I wanted to maybe sneak that one into this episode but I thought it'd be a good place to open up next time because it kind of leads into other plots gotcha but uh, basically Thor in the next issue is gonna fucking go off and it's gonna be awesome I,
1: I figured because the the cover page of Infinity number four is like Thor on the cover like yep. with the lightning
0: because basically where we left things like a lot of uh, other races had done like a surrender to the builders, and now Earth has kind of told them like, "Okay, we'll give you our surrender. Like, come meet us." Yeah, uh, and so like, come, the Avengers will give you our surrender. We have our champion here, and Thor is going to be the one they pick. Ah, uh, okay, uh, and, Dope. uh Yep, it's going to yeah. be awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm excited to get to that. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, Infinity Part Two next week. We'll be finishing that event, uh, and then watching uh, Avengers End Game. Um, but before we do that, we do have one more thing to talk about this week. We're going to be going into uh, Avengers Infinity War, which we watched for this week, um, which uh, like I said at the start of the podcast, actually tied in uh, surprisingly well. Yeah. Because not only do we have like Thanos invading Earth, but this one, especially this movie was a lot of the Black Order.
1: Yep. Uh, kind of as the main villains, the ones who you punch. Yeah. A, l- the, a lot of the ones that the, the main characters were fighting initially. Right. Um, I think the uh I think
0: I kind of wish they had kept the Ebony Maw like mind control thing. I think that's a little bit cooler than what we got from him in the movie certainly.
1: Yeah, cuz they definitely made him a lot more like magical, kind of like the, a good like counter to Doctor Strange. Yeah, but, they but it is definitely a telekinesis
0: guy. Yeah, they, they
1: that was the one thing they left yeah. out and they kind of played it more heavily on him being able to do like magic mickeys and like yeah. levitation and, and shit. Yeah,
0: but instead of being like a mind manipulator, he's just like a standard torturer, which yeah. is like a little bit less boring or yeah, more it, boring. Yeah, it's a little um, more hacky, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I kind of wish... And then he gets defeated just by putting a hole in the spaceship, which I'm like, really? I
1: Yeah, I, I think they were sitting around trying to figure out how to kill off that character, and they're yeah. just like, let's just do this. <laughs> I, the
0: The hole in the spaceship one just seems so cheesy of a solution for a, a battle for to me. I don't know. It's
1: just way too simple. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's like, why
0: aren't we doing this in, like, so many fights? Like, why didn't, like, uh,
1: Heimdall do that to Thanos? Like, right. The, <laughs> you know, yeah. on the
0: opening uh, scene with the ship. Like, the, yeah, that you, could be the solution for so many of these conflicts if that's the if that's the thing.
1: Yeah, that's a big, like, uh, like last resort you, everyone could have been mm-hmm. using. And, I, and I'm fine with kind of just, like, hokey solutions if, yeah. it, if it's
0: rule of cool, but that was not rule of, rule of cool, I it's don't not. think. <laughs> it, did, it was not that cool. Because
1: that was pretty much, like, the most powerful, like, uh, antagonist next to Thanos in that movie, and they kind of just tossed him Yeah, kind of,
0: because, um, I mean, Black Dwarf doesn't really, he's kind of just the big punchy who's meant to be thrown around. Yeah. Um, Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight look cool, but don't do too much. They kind of just stab Vision a lot.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he's got a powerful staff that like nullifies visions power, which they yeah. kind of just glaze over. I, I think Super
0: w- or at least Ebony Maw, if you're going to give him the powers, would have been a, a little bit more fun as far as giving us something to do in this movie because you could have yeah. had like uh, like the. I guess they did that in the last one with like the visions that Scarlet Witch was giving people. Yep. But yeah, but do something true. like that, but better. Like, yeah, don't have it be bad like it was in that one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, it was definitely lazy because
0: all the visions in that one, besides the Black Widow one or even the Black Widow one at least that one gave us something new but most of them were just really boring like it's like Captain
1: America having his dance (laughs) it doesn't
0: add anything like we already knew that that was this one thing already
1: right you're just kind of having him go through like a weird dream like experience yeah so I
0: think having some characters who had more uh, varied skill sets could have been a little bit more fun but I guess this is the big like the biggest team up in a while so you kind of just wanted to give people like something to punch I guess yeah
1: they're kind of just punching bags like alongside Thanos because you can't toss Thanos around obviously Mm-hmm. You got. You have to have the heroes like get won over a few times, and um,
0: I, I think the uh, overall. I think this movie is a lot of fun to just rewatch because I think it flows very well, and a lot of the it's like a lot of first time interactions between a lot of these characters. Yep. Um like the Guardians of the Galaxy interacting with like different characters of the Avengers for the first time is always going to be something that I thought was really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, e- even though for now it was basically just Thor, and I guess Iron Man later, like Iron Man played into that pretty well, and Doctor Strange.
1: Yeah, I like the. The interaction or the sequence on Titan with like the Guardians and uh, Iron Man and Doctor Strange, I like a lot. Oh, all more of that than, is like, really great than the Thor encounter because the mm-hmm. the Thor encounter. I feel like the Russo brothers like had a hard time of figuring out like how to write the Guardians as a whole.
0: Yeah, like a lot
1: like when it's Thor and Rocket alone and like uh like them on Titan and stuff. Like I think it was really great, but yeah, that whole sequence with like uh freaking Star-Lord and Thor like trying to like alpha male like one, e- one each yeah, other yeah that was a little cringe. that dragged on <laughs> way too long yeah but yeah it's and it was pretty good for well, that well because yeah that's the thing they
0: had a good idea for how these different Guardians members would play into the plot of the movie but oh, none yeah. of it had to do with each other no it, they all had their own separate things going on yep Um, that's that's why they had Star-Lord and Drax just kind of go off with Tony Stark yeah because Rocket and Groot had like their own kind of thing just basically making the, the Thor plot fun because without them that Thor plot would have been a fucking dr-
1: it would have been so sad like i mean it already was sad but like it just would have been an absolute downer
0: yeah um and like they had they because like that thor plot honestly is the weakest part of the movie it's so like like even watching it for the first time i was like is this really what we're doing in the big
1: team up movie watching thor like build a hammer well and like and it's it deals with such like heavily like traumatic and like emotional context and they kind of just like try to jog over it yeah like they they like try to like have a few interactions with like rocket and thor where like they try to make the emotion land but then they usually just like kind of ruin it with like a weird joke at Mm -hmm. the end and it just never really lands and the whole time it's just like oh they're building a hammer while being kind of sad but also laughing about weird stuff yeah yeah it's like the whole tone of it kind of shifts a lot yeah. yeah and then you get to the like you find out that all like the giants are dead and then dude gets his hands cut off and you're mm. like, Man, it is getting grim. <laughs> yeah, not really. it's like this uh hey. having a lot of fun with this plot. Right. And like it's I wish they just would have like stuck to one or the other. Like if you're gonna go for like the heavily emotional, like traumatic thing like stick with it don't try to like balance the two and just like pastiche different things together
0: yeah I, I would think it would have preferred it more with having Thor maybe be around like his old friends of the Avengers dealing with this stuff too yeah. instead of like a couple total strangers yeah for sure Um, I think that maybe would have made it a little better and again just him like all he's doing is like trying to repair a spaceship so he can build a hammer it's like a really big drag to cut away from anytime yeah. you cut to that plot definitely um, but I mean, once he gets his hammer again and rejoins the Avengers that's why it's such an uplifting moment oh yeah like oh fuck like finally he gets to like
1: rejoin the team yeah, yeah, he finally gets like something to kind of cheer him up. Yeah, um, and yeah, that scene's definitely one of my favorite when he comes into Wakanda with the Stormbreaker. Oh, that's like, yeah, that's, that's one classic. of the best like climactic scenes in the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, like we talk, we were talking about the Guardians. Like they knew what
0: they wanted to do with like a lot of these characters, especially Gamora. Gamora oh, yeah. plays a big role in this movie, yep. which is great. Like that was, I was actually really surprised that they did because it's a character who should play a big role in the movie. But yeah, I could have totally. seen, seen them easily like cutting away to steal more time for like Robert Downey Jr. or whatever. You know, I could have easily seen that happening. Oh, for sure. But I'm yeah. really happy they didn't because it worked out really well. Yep. Um, you know, having her finally interact with Thanos, who is someone she's only ever talked about in these movies and only spoken to like I think once.
1: Yeah. Literally once. I think there was a couple flashback scenes, but that was mainly with her and Nebula. Right, Like, yeah. in other movies, mm-hmm. but
0: yeah, besides that, nah. So, yeah, it was cool actually having that play out and seeing that interaction, because um, Josh Brolin does kind of make Thanos kind of, like, into... Granted, his plans are laughably kind of dumb, but yeah. again, if we're going to analyze plot details, that's the boring thing to do. Exactly. The more interesting thing is, like, the way he plays the character is just kind of this, like, regretful father who just makes horrible, horrible decisions is a good way to play it, I think.
1: Oh, no, I, I think Thanos is definitely... They killed it with that, mm-hmm. like, making him a lot more three-dimensional than other villains in d- different movies. Like, yeah. You, because you can kind of empathize him, empathize with him to an extent, but like deep down, you know it's like an absolute. Yeah, like you, like, you, bastard, like, I, you, like he's
0: still like a ruthless like bastard. But you can at least, I at least believe that he believes what he's saying. Oh, for sure. And yeah. Like that's that's just the credit to the performance. And like,
1: because you can genuinely tell he thinks he's doing the right thing, mm-hmm. but like he he thinks that he's like the only one that can convince people. But yeah. obviously, that and, makes him a. Fanatic, and I think that's but, all in the performance. Like, oh, not, for like, sure.
0: Uh, not even like in the writing, because I, I think like you could, uh, another in that role could have made it just I want to wipe out all life it's yep. the only way to go yep. like that would have been a very hokey kind of but he like just the way Josh Brolin just adds that like always this like regret to his voice is a really good way to play that character Oh, absolutely. like it always yeah. just sounds like he's a force of nature that almost like is kind of upset that he has to keep doing this stuff he's like <laughs> yeah. well here we go again totally Whop. yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it almost seems like he's going through the motions like he almost doesn't want to yeah he's but like bored yeah. yeah but there are definitely moments where it shines through where it's like no he's enjoying this
0: yeah Yeah, yeah. So I think I think the way they played that character was really well done. Um, And yeah, again, I think the strongest thing. These movies, I mean, none of these Avengers movies are anything that are gonna like you know. be high art or anything but I think if you're just looking for something that's entertaining watching characters you like just interact with each other in fun ways I think this is the best they've done with it oh for sure even including Civil War this is definitely the best they've done with just having characters uh, always have their moment easily Yeah, that's a hard thing to balance in a a team story especially one as big as this one was like having every character seem like they were in it for a good role yeah Um, yeah. and there's some characters who still get shafted as it's gonna happen I mean Drax is a fucking joke as he always
1: is yeah Drax is I don't know what they wanted to do with him in this movie but it just never landed it's
0: just so disappointing because that character is so well written from an emotional kind of character standpoint Mm -hmm. but whenever they have their moments just kind of like finally like you know get you know get what they always wanted you know this is my moment of revenge it's always like fucking he gets bodied by everything and it's so disappointing yeah
1: he's either getting like like morphed into a bunch of different clay pieces or getting like wrapped up by a cape and right getting a like a bag over his head and it's just like yeah he basically (laughs) is just turned into like the comedic heel in this movie yeah because at the end of guardians one
0: his whole thing was like okay so Ronan wasn't responsible i've learned that you know sometimes you got to go for the person up top yep and his whole thing was like now i'm going after thanos and like he even Game we'll talk about it next week. He plays no role in that.
1: Movie. None, literally not. He does not.
0: He doesn't even have a line. No. His only line is as yeah. he just, like, stabs one minion. I think that's his one moment for sure. Yeah. It's, um.
1: Yeah. It's pretty disappointing.
0: Yeah, because like, and he he even mentions like you know he's like this is for my daughter. This is for my wife. And he goes to attack him, and, and then the guardians ruin it by like no, you need to do the sneak attack. Yeah. Like I would have rather him like go up and just like give like Thanos everything he has, even if he's gonna lose bot like, handedly. I would that would have been a lot more satisfying to watch. Oh, absolutely. Than the like the bumbly hood oh, we're trying to sneak through oh, yeah the big fat guy landed and then he just gets turned into spaghetti yeah, <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> um but yes a lot of those like I, I think um the really strong points of this movie i think zoe saldana as uh, gamora and I Josh still hate, as. i still hate
1: the payoff with her character though
0: like yeah
1: having her just be the sacrifice like it's it's a little that, lame, but... That
0: whole Soul Stone planet, my hot take is I just really hate that whole concept. It just feels so lazy to me.
1: I th- and I think it puts way too big of an emphasis on the Soul Stone.
0: Yeah. And, and not only that, but it makes the Soul Stone seem so arbitrary. Yeah. It's like, oh, the one thing you have to do is kill someone you love. I'm yeah. like, that's so arbitrary for like a Soul Stone that represents like the souls of the universe.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like,
0: the goal of the souls of the universe is to kill one of the people.
1: Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. To the Soul Stone, like one person is nothing yeah and plus it's
0: ridiculous it's such a contrived plot device too to just be like you have to go especially by endgame yeah because here at least it was surprising and it caught us off guard and at least it had the moment of being like oh Thanos does love somebody
1: and yeah that's the thing like that scene is really well done like Mm -hmm. as as like as cinema goes like it's really well crafted but yeah i just hate that that has to be the payoff right exactly like
0: it would have been more satisfying still having that moment and then maybe gamora gets saved by somebody surprisingly or something
1: because then you still have
0: the moment but then it's like a heroic no not today thanos
1: because especially the way it's resolved with like just the whole time i mean that's the whole end game thing with how it's like different alternate and now we have universe like Gamora. Gamora, yeah and it's like oh no you're supposed to be in love with star lord and it's like they're gonna force that now it's like yeah, this it's, just seems so weird we're gonna fall in love again <laughs> yeah it's i i don't like it
0: yeah it's like, again in a vacuum it might work but yeah. then you have to consider like Gamora was one of the most important characters in this movie and you yep. killed her like halfway through Yep. so that, that kind of sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> and easily then, and then that whole Soulstone planet by the next movie is even more contrived of a plot point because now it's Black Widow and Hawkeye here it's why are those the two people who went after the Soulstone first of all right who sent the least qualified people <laughs> <after that? laughs> yeah absolutely okay we've heard on this planet that someone needs to die we need to send two expendable characters <laughs> yeah like this
1: planet basically operates on the mechanics of nothing but supernatural like bullshit like let's send the two humans (laughs) it's like great this will work yeah Um. yeah it's really disappointing like
0: because that's uh, the Soul Stone because the the theory leading up to Infinity War was that the Soul Stone was going to be Wakanda based yeah because they have like the because Black Panther's like the king of the dead and they have the whole, like, necropolis and all the souls of the Black Panthers. Yeah. I was like, okay, it would be a little bit
1: of a coincidence to have another soul stone be on Earth, but also, I don't care. (laughs) Like, who cares? Yeah, well, yeah, and it was like a mix of that and then, like, the idea that everyone that got dusted or uh, vanished is like in the Soul Stone now oh right yeah. so like I, I feel like going off that concept with making especially with making the Soul Stone such a big deal in that movie like I feel like playing off that into Endgame would have been a little bit better than the whole time travel thing it would have made it with. more
0: like mystical which would have yeah. been a lot cooler like oh like some people are, they're still in the Soul Stone like the souls are alive in there like Absolutely, they do that yeah. in the comics like, like Gamora for a long time was stuck in the Soul Stone
1: well like and it's like comics. at the end or after when he gets the Soul Stone and or at the end too when he sees like the little Gamora in like the Soulstone plane mm-hmm. and like I, like that's a kind of a cool imagery where it could be like yeah like these souls are just trapped here now and then yeah. like that's kind of what you have to play off of yeah they like
0: kind of seemed like they were trying to do something like that where yeah. he's talking to Gamora it for sure like.
1: yeah but then like that
0: doesn't seem like it ever plays out in it anything. never comes up yeah no. so it's a, like an cr- interesting scene because you're wondering like oh that's gonna be something yeah yeah, it's not yeah no um, but that's getting more into end Game stuff yep um, but I think another disappointing thing unfortunately is the, like Bruce Banner like not being getting to be the yeah. Hulk is kind of a letdown.
1: And especially Given that the payoff, knowing that there's of no payoff. Yeah.
0: There's none, yeah. Because um, seeing him walk, going around in the Hulkbuster punching people as Mark Ruffalo is just like, come
1: on. Right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, the is cool, but it's like a, nor- a normal person could do that. Like, right. let's see the real Hulk. <laughs> and if you're going to do that, then I'm going to start to ask
0: why Falcon doesn't get his Iron Man suit, because he really needs one.
1: Or why anyone that's like semi-qualified get an Iron Man suit right like, well, I can
0: you, like, kind of see the argument for like Black Widow not having one because it would like slow her down or whatever probably
1: yeah but like um, but like Hawkeye yeah uh, fucking
0: Falcon for sure because he basically has an Iron Man suit just not as good yep yeah um, I, I don't know but yeah
1: Captain America maybe
0: even yeah yeah I right don't know. Um, but yeah, that'll be, that, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm being negative
1: about the movie. No, I, I, I still like the movie.
0: I, I think it's really fun to watch. It's, it's go, After seeing it so many times, my, my head just goes into, like, what could have, like, made this better for the You se- start to nitpick. Because yeah. I think Endgame is kind of what makes this, in hindsight, seem not as impactful. Honestly, yeah. Because Endgame doesn't really deliver on what this offered, I think. No. Yeah. Um, but that's a good segue into what we're going to be doing next time next week, next time we're going to be breaking down Endgame is the final of the four Avengers movies and then we're going to be talking about uh, Infinity Part 2 oh yes so that'll bring us to the end of this episode join us next week and then after that we're doing some Ving- uh, <laughs> WandaVision that's how you say it <laughs> bye